Press means to apply force. When God said press, prayer reaches every single situation. He gave us permission to apply force to every situation that we will go through. And in this podcast, we are going to learn to apply force to what's applying pressure to us. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Press Podcast. I am so glad that you're here with me today as we are talking and working on our prayer journey together. Last time we talked about Abram and his need to hear from God again. But today we're also going to continue with the book of Genesis talking about Abraham, who, yes, for you Bible scholars, is the same person. But the Lord changed his name when we meet him in Genesis 17. So grab your Bibles if you can, or a notebook. Even if not, feel free to ask questions. You're welcome to inbox or comment. Please like, share these podcasts because we really want to bless somebody. And we're just looking to know God better. I am a firm believer that when we start chasing God, we will get what we want. Not in terms of prayer. Not you ask a million dollars or a nice brand new house or whatever. God can do that, but he doesn't have to. And to me, that's not chasing God. When I chase God, I'm not looking for just what he can do for me. I'm looking for who he is. When we begin seeking who God is, who he wants to be to us, and what he wants to do in this time and season, we will get God. I know that when you chase God, you're simply chasing what's chasing you. He wants you more than you even wanted him. So that's how I can guarantee that if you seek, you'll find because he's chasing you too. He's wanted you too. So go after God, go after more of him. And that's what we're trying to do together as we're taking this prayer journey. And we're looking at what makes heaven respond and the character and nature of God. So we're in Genesis 17 and this prayer is very short. I believe it's considered a prayer because it is a petition to God. It is somebody actually making a request. We do see in Genesis 16 that Hagar is talking to God, but it's not considered a prayer. It is a conversation, but this is an actual request of God, though it is very small. And the request is found in Genesis 17:18. It says, and Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. That is the request. God, let my son live before you. Let's look at this a little bit. You have to have a little bit of the backstory. Here, Ishmael is Abraham's son, but scandal, he's not his wife's son. His wife, Sarai, whose name would be changed to Sarah in this chapter, she is barren and she's 90 years old. She's never had a baby and she's 90 years old. And so what she did previously is decide, look, I can't give you a kid. So what I want to do is hook you up with my servant girl. In biblical times, this seems to be the practice. So we don't want to get into the ethics of that today, but this is what happened. She said, hey, I'm going to give you my servant girl. You and she can have a baby together. And the crazy thing is that when Sarai finds out that Hagar is actually pregnant, she is livid. Now she did all this. She caused the drama, but she is livid. And she's so livid that Hagar actually ends up trying to run away. And the angel of the Lord finds her by a fountain of water in the wilderness and asks her, Hagar, 
where are you going and where are you coming from, more or less? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself to her hands. Like you come under her, go back and bow. But he doesn't just send her back empty handed. It says in Genesis 16 and 10, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. The Bible lets us know that the angel meets Hagar at this very low moment where she's just ready to be done with it all. It's not her fault, but the Lord gives a promise concerning her son. And it's because the Lord hath heard her affliction that he's going to make of her son Ishmael, a great multitude. He shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. He is going to fight. He is, they're going to be against him, but the Lord has seen and heard her. So Hagar returns and she has this baby. When she has the baby, Abram is 86 years old. So as time went on, Abram is now 99 years old. But the Lord begins talking to him again in Genesis 17. And he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And with your seed, the Lord is more explicit here. He had told him in Genesis 12, as well as 15, I'm going to make a nation of you. I'm going to make a people of you. But he goes into a little more detail. You're going to be the father of many nations and I will make the exceeding fruitful. You're not just going to have children. Abram, you're going to have so many children. Your seed is entering into this everlasting covenant with me. And it's, this promise is going to be for generations. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, in verse 8, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all of the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abram, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, and thy seed after thee in their generations. So now he's saying to Abraham, Hey, let's enter this pact together. I've given you my word, you follow my word, but now let's come into agreement. Come into alignment with me. And he begins to tell them, I want you to circumcise your seed and any strangers that dwell with you. I want you to emphasize this circumcision because it's going to be the token of the covenant between me and you. But now God adds in verse 15, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. He changes her name just like he changed Abraham's. He says, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham, we're in verse 17, fell upon his face and laughed, and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old, and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Okay, so Abraham found this hilarious. He believed the promise of God. He was with them up until that point. Okay, well, covenant, got it, Lord. I will enter into this covenant. I, I follow you. Yes, Lord, the land of Canaan, I believe we're going to have it. Lord, you're changing my name. Amen. But now you're telling me this woman's going to have a baby? And um, <laughs> he laughs and he's just in his heart like, huh? Shall a, a child be born? Somebody that's 100 years old? So out of that, he says, God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. His prayer comes from a place of still not believing the way God is going to do it. He believed God was going to do all of this. He always did. But he did not understand the way the Lord was going to do it. Abraham is now praying out of a different place. 
He's like, what? let live the child I had. He's not even asking God to do what he said. He's not even entertaining that God's going to do it a different way. He's asking him to work with what I'm handing to you. I've learned in prayer that a lot of times what I offer to God or what I ask him to do is based upon my limited vision and understanding. So I'll pray, God, I need you to make a way that I can pay this bill. When the Lord didn't want to pay the bill, he wanted to make the company erase record of the bill. He didn't want to do it the way I thought he should. He wanted to handle it his own way. So my prayer is simply boxed in to what I understand. I could just simply pray, Lord, the cat on a thousand hills belongs to you. And I know you'll never leave me or forsake me. God, you see this, please handle it. But usually I like to make recommendations, if you would. I have ways in my mind or heart that I think things should happen or a good way that things could be reconciled. I am a thinker. So for those of you who don't have this problem, amen. But for people like me, there's a plan A, B, C, and D. And if you don't do this one, then I'll do this. If you don't do that, okay, we can do that. And so I'm looking at Abraham here and I see somebody who hears God's plan, but is offering him an alternative. That was his prayer. God, go with the altar. Go with what I can see. Go with what I can I can conceptualize. He could conceptualize Ishmael because Ishmael's already here. He could conceptualize that the Lord will bless him because he heard the word that the Lord is going to bless my seed. But what he couldn't conceptualize was that God is not done yet and God's not working in my box. So his prayer came from a place of what he thought possible. And so we see the Lord's response. God doesn't even deal with that. Initially, he says, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. Just like he said in verse 15 before Abraham's prayer in 18, he said in 15, for Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. That's what he said before Abraham laughed, before he said in his heart, can we really talk about us having children at this age? Before all of that, before you prayed for Ishmael, he said the seed is coming through Sarah. And Abraham's prayer did not change his mind. He didn't even address Ishmael first. He reiterated what he said. He said the seed is coming through Sarah. And he said, in fact, you're going to call his name Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. He wanted Abraham to understand your request is not detouring what I said. Just like I said before, I'm going to do it this way. In fact, he get, went into more detail and doubled down. His name is Isaac and the covenants with him. And as for Ishmael, the Bible goes on in verse 20. I've heard thee. I thank God for that. I thank God because he does not cut us off when we are human. I believe Abraham wanted Ishmael blessed as well. That was his son. That was the one he could see whole. As of yet, 
Isaac is only in the mind of God. And so he wanted Israel blessed, but it wasn't the way God wanted it to be. He couldn't change God's program. But I love that the Lord did not forget the prayers of Abram or Hagar concerning Ishmael. He said, I heard you. I heard you. It matters to me what matters to you. I understand how important this is to you. I understand you love him. Just the simple fact that God heard him. God didn't owe him to hear him. He had already determined, I'm blessing this seed. His covenant is with the seed of Sarah, but he heard him. It's mercy that lets God hear us. And he heard Abraham concerning Ishmael. And he said, I have blessed him. I love how God talks because he doesn't always talk. He speaks now about things that haven't happened yet. He said, I have done that. It's finished. And I will make him fruitful. And I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget. And I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him. And God went up from Abraham. God was done talking about it. He said, this is the way it is. This is what I'm going to do. I will bless your plan B. I mean, it's a little harsh to call Ishmael plan B. But I'll bless your plan B. But I will not change what I said I will do. And he left the conversation. God doesn't have to keep going rounds with us. He doesn't have to keep convincing us. He said what he said. And when he's done, he's done. That is the amazing thing about him being God. He is sovereign. It is a privilege and an honor when God allows us to converse with him. But he doesn't owe us a conversation. And he doesn't have to talk just because we're still talking or still have questions or still thinking. No, we have to believe God and we have to respect his right to be God. He does not have to change his mind or his strategy for our lives just because we ask him to. And that does not mean he's no longer reigning in our lives. I'm reminded of this saying that he is God of everything, but only Lord of some. He'll be God and hold his position if you believe it or you don't. But he's only Lord when you let him reign over your life. Today, we want to pray to the place that he's our Lord. We want to bow even in our request, knowing that he's our Lord, where he reigns, where he's in control, where he's sovereign, where he has the right to make plans and the right to decide when the conversation's over. We must trust the plan of God even when we want him to do something else. For God knows and he sees further than we do. That's why we can trust him in every single situation because his sight, his vision, his word is not limited to what we see or have in our hands. It applies to our future, our next, the generations after us. He knows. And for this, we believe that prayer reaches every single situation. So press. 
Join the movement. Join the community. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Visit us at PressToPray.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Did you know that when you are quiet, your voice is missing to God's ears? I know some of us have prayed and we're wondering, how long should I pray about this? Why should I pray if God already knows? How will I know God is answering? And what do I do when I feel like God's not listening? But God is listening for your voice. It's too quiet in this world for the troubles we have. You have to raise your voice and God wants to hear from you. It's Too Quiet, a book about prayer. It's designed to answer your prayer questions and build your faith. Visit PressToPray.com.